This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 027-10538 Overture, live. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. Now, you've got to love this version of 10538 Overture. Why, is someone putting a gun to my head? <laughs> the cellos are not that sawing. It's not Roy Wood going at it and trying to destroy a couple vintage music in- musical... Well, actually, I don't think they were vintage, if I remember right. They were cheap Chinese knockoffs. But still, he's not trying to destroy a couple of big fiddles. It's actually people who know what they're playing... And this is very, very lively version, and they integrate the guitar part from Duya very well right within the middle before switching right back and ending the song. And it doesn't go on for 20 minutes. You make very good points about this song, and yet it still doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, at least we got people playing good cellos who know how to play them. I do like that it breaks off into Duya for a little bit, I don't know if it really saves the song for me much. I do like that the French horn has been replaced by a synthesizer. I'm not saying that the French horn was bad. I kind of like that there's this other version where a synthesizer is used instead. Honestly, I think the synthesizer is more ELO-y than the French horn. But still, I just have never been much of a fan of 105.38 Overture. It's okay. It's kind of... A little bit better than the original version, but it's still not one that I have ever said. I sure would like to hear it, other than for the do-ya part. Yeah, it kind of surprised me that it, because I didn't expect much out of it, to tell you the truth. I just expected that they were going to do a run through it, but kind of when it starts, because this was still, even though Showdown had been somewhat popular, this was still, for the most part, other than Rollover Beethoven, what they were known for at the time. So it's kind of like they really go into it going, hey, here's the big hit. Remember from a few years ago? And sounds like Jeff Lynne was reworking it and everything to make sure that he didn't get bored with however they had been performing it previously. <laughs> yeah, which from what I've read in Bev Bevan's book was a catastrophe in those early performances. And it does sort of sound like in Duya, he's kind of like running the idea through his head of remaking it. And I like how the strings are kind of used in it, but he didn't go with that in the, um, the 1976 version.
I saw this funny comment on the video that I found on YouTube, and it said, why is Duya in there? That didn't come out for another two years. <sighs> Somebody corrected him. Good. Nicely, I hope. I'm trying not to grab my head and just, oh my god. Because that's what we're here for. To educate the world about the Electric Light Orchestra. You're doing this out of the goodness of your own slimy little coal-colored heart. Yes. Yellow's version came out two years later, but the original that Jeff did predates this by two years, 72. If you're listening to the band, most likely you recognize the song because not many people at this particular point really knew who Electric Light Orchestra was in the U.S. And if they did, they probably knew who the move were. Yeah. At least the last album or two. Yeah. When, with Lynn, not the ones previous to it. Right. Well, in Bevan's book, uh, he said that when they were touring America at this time, they were actually bigger in America. And there's a segment in there about when they played at the Celebrity Theater there in Phoenix. And that the people in Phoenix, they filled that theater and they, they loved them. And then when they went back to England, they were like, Electric Light Who? Oh, yeah, you guys. Okay. So they seem to be doing, at least in live performances, they seem to be doing better at drawing audiences in America than they were in England. Yet in England, yeah. they were selling records, at least having charting hits, better than they were in America up to this point. Yeah, probably at this point, everybody's going, hey, it's that band that does Daybreaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the album itself, The Night the Light Went On in Long Beach, I like the cover. It looks like something from a 1950s B-movie of extraterrestrials or monster invasion or something like that. The original cover. The remastered cover, it's okay. As for the title, though, I think it's a stupid title. That was clearly come up by the record company. I can't see Jeff Lynne or ELO thinking, Hey, let's title our live album The Night the Light Went On in Long Beach. I mean, I understand why the record company did it, because The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia was such right. a huge hit just a, a year earlier. But I, from Jeff and ELO, I, I know they didn't come up with this because they would have come up with something much better if they had had any kind of choice in this album being made, which they didn't. It seemed like that record company, for some, even though On the Third Day didn't have any hint of it whatsoever no, on either cover, either the UK cover or the international cover, didn't have any hint of that stupid light bulb. <laughs> I mean, I love the light bulb picture on the original, but then trying to then translate that into the ELO spaceship and everything. No, no, forget it. But no, it sounds like the record company, though, is still trying to push the light bulb thing. <laughs> and uh, and nobody really would have known that there was some light bulb logo associated with them at this particular point. And anybody else who didn't already know it was a prog rock band would have thought... Oh, a country band called Orchestra? Because <laughs> they would have been thinking the night the lights went out in Georgia and thinking, okay, what what's this? Yeah. Uh, somebody trying to rip off Vicky, Vicky Lee, I think it was, that did that. Uh, Vicky Lawrence. Vicky Lawrence, sorry, I, I forgot. Anyway, I do think that this is a better version. One of these rare times when the live version is actually a better version than the original version. And I think it's simply because he's got people who know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And at this particular point, he's trying to liven up the song anyways, just because I think at this point he's already getting a bit tired of playing it for every concert, too. I'm sure. 
Um, yeah, it's a better version because you don't have Roy Wood trying to show off. Look at me. I'm a multi-instrumentalist. Here, I'm going to play the cello. Now watch me. I'm going to run over here during the song and play this. And look at me playing the cello, which really you shouldn't ought to do or should get more practice in. I'm Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I, for me, it's better-ish. But again, I was... Never a big fan of, of the song anyway. Got something to say about 105.38 Overture Live? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375 Great moments in electric light orchestra history. And now the story of one of electric light orchestra's biggest fans. A young man in Seattle, Washington, who's knocked out by the band. In fact, not so long ago, that's exactly what ELO's drummer nearly did to him, with an oversized drumstick. The drummer is Bev Bevan, and here's the story he told us. ELO was playing a concert in Seattle, and Bev was using a special pair of drumsticks. They were extra heavy and extra long to produce a louder sound. Then, at the end of the show, Bevan did what a lot of rock drummers do. He threw his drumsticks out into the audience. Very dangerous, even though the musicians do it only to give their fans a free souvenir of the concert. Well, a few minutes later, as ELO was leaving the auditorium, drummer Bev Bevan saw a guy standing at the backstage entrance clutching one of Bev's giant drumsticks with a big gash across his forehead. He had caught the stick, all right, right on the head. Bev tried to apologize, but the guy didn't care about his injury. All he wanted to do was thank Bev for the drumstick. Then he turned and walked off into the crowd. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? I kind of liked the song. I didn't really. But I'm not listening to that song ever again. Wow, she liked hated it. Taste the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment Assorted Deli Meats Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word about the show by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast and get some good at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 028, Mixed Solo, Orange Blossom Special Live.